I admire what Carol Jew does. I admire what anyone in community theatre does with mm. regard to engaging young people. But one of the things we've got to realise is that not every kid, not every young person is into sport or into other things. So you do need to um, have a suite of opportunity. What theatre does for me or what theatre I think does for lots of kids is, uh, and young people is um, develop that discipline of, of, of working together and obviously the communication and all those sorts of things. But it, it's actually just beautiful to see people on stage young people on stage, kids on stage. I, one of the things as Minister for Culture and Arts that I think, um, and I've asked the department or talked to the department about this, is, you know, throughout Western Australia, there are some tremendous community theatre entities. Some of them long histories. Murray Music and Drama, for example, has a oh. history of over, I think they celebrated 50 years half, yeah. a couple of years ago. Now, we can't underestimate the impact that those sort, that, that activity, the fact that we've had, a, whether it's in Murray Music and Drama, whether it's the Mandrill Theatre in the past, or whether it's, um, uh, you know, um, uh, Karen Francis's work that she does with the uh, Stray Cats, Cats yeah. whatever it is, those entities are so important to the, the story of who we are, and they give opportunities to people both to participate and to be, be audience. And that's beautiful. Mm. That's positive. Why wouldn't we encourage that and acknowledge it? So I've asked the department that we, I want to sort of look at how we more broadly recognise just what those community theatre entities do. Welcome to Carter's Conversations, where we listen to and share the stories of people in Mandra. From the struggles and hard times to achievements and victories, each week we talk to a different person and share their unique journey. Now let's get stuck into today's show. Well, this man has quite the resume. He's held the seat of manager for 20 years now and is currently the Minister for Tourism, Culture and the Arts and the Minister for Heritage. And most of all, a local legend and a friend of mine. And I'm so grateful he could spare some time to jump on the podcast. I'd like to welcome the Honourable David <laughs> Templeman, MLA member for Mandra. Hello. Oh, hello, Stephen. It's great to join you and uh, congratulations on your podcast. Thank and congratulations you. on your candidacy for council too. It's great Thank to you. see people putting their, putting their hand up to uh, uh, participate. Uh, I think that's tremendous. Thank you. Um, first of all, I'm going to ask the question that's on everyone's lips. Uh, how on earth do you get the title of honourable? <laughs> it's, it's, it's an ancient I was bestowal. reading about it, yeah. It's an ancient bestowal. Uh, look, at the end of the day, if you serve as a minister for a period of longer than three years, you can have the title for life. So when I finish, apparently, when I finish politics, apparently they'll ask me if I want to keep it. I don't know whether I do. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it comes about. So it's not like when you just you can buy a block of land in Scotland or whatever, you can't just buy uh, that. You, you earn it. I'd, I'd much prefer Lord. Lord fits more... Uh, <laughs> More with me, you <laughs> uh, Before we get stuck in, you more than anyone uh, have seen this region flourish and develop over many years. Uh, but I want to know, what is it that you love most about Mandra? Look, uh, I get asked this question a lot and uh, I've been here for 35 years coming up this year. Um, what I love most about Mandra is it's a place where people have come to, have been attracted to, back thousands of years, essentially, yeah, with our Indigenous history, uh, for uh, coming together in a beautiful environs to live, work and, and play, essentially. And so 
uh, it has a magical element to it. It's uh, it's surrounded by water. It's uh, it attracts, I think, some of the best people <laughs> that I know, mm. uh, and they come here for different reasons, but all for uh, a place that they can uh, uh, put down their roots, uh, grow a family if they wish to, uh, grow old with a loved one if they wish to, uh, strike up a business if they wish to, um, enjoy the, the natural attractions if they wish to, and participate uh, as good citizens. And, uh, you know, th this place has attracted beautiful people. Mm. Um, and... Uh, it's one of the reasons why I wanted my family to grow up here, my kids to experience the beauty of the place, the safety of the place, and uh, and the opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into now and what you're up to, which is a lot, uh, let's go back when, many moons ago. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Uh, you were born in Northern? That's what Wikipedia says. Northern. Is that true? Yeah, it is. And <laughs> Northern's a great town, a great, a great West Australian town, and... Uh, I'm very proud of my origins having been born and raised in Northam. Uh, we came to Mandra a lot, uh, like lots of people. Oh, okay. Mandra in the 70s and, and early 80s was very much still a holiday town because yeah. the population was, you know, uh, less than 20,000 back in those days. So it was always a place where lots of people came to um, for their holidays and for their uh, recreation. So, born in Northam, and our love for Mandra was ignited, I think, mainly, to be honest, through my mum, mm. who uh, loved the sea. She was born and bred in Narragin, a long way from the sea, uh, but she always loved Mandra. So, we, uh, the love of uh, coming to this place was probably seeded by my mum, and, um, uh, and, uh, uh, but very proud of my country origin. Cool. Uh, you were a school teacher first before... I was lucky. Uh, look, I, I graduated um, from Teachers College and went straight to Three Springs, uh, a place I'd never even heard of when I was told on the phone that this is where we're sending you. Um, you don't really have a choice. Uh, Much not of back a choice. then you didn't. No, but no. you see, that was the great thing, I think, about teaching was that um, you, you know, in the 70s, 80s and even in the 90s, there was always an assumption that if you were a new graduate, you'd go to the country first. You sort of did your country service, as they called it changed a bit now but um and then i always wanted to come to mandra uh, so did three years in three springs and then tried to get a, a school in mandra there were no vacancies but got one in warmer primary so i moved to mandra uh occupied mum and dad's ho uh, holiday house <laughs> in paul's head that's the one they're in now and they and of course they kicked me out i can always remember my mum saying um, one day they started coming down more regularly on weekends which impinged on my theater uh, and uh, party experiences um and so they they started coming down more often and mum subtly would tell me that uh, you do realize we're going to be retiring here so you might have to get a house of your own <laughs> Which I eventually did. And it's but a lovely My mum's a subtle lady and I love her dearly. <laughs> she's good. I can't imagine her saying that to you. She's so lovely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. What she did one day, this is how, this is how what happened one day. She, she was down for the weekend and she said, now, are you interested in looking at, you know, building a place? And I said, me being a bit blasé, I was only in my early 20s and I said, oh, yes, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose it would probably be a good idea. She disappeared for about two hours, came back, and this is honest truth, she came back with some forms and said, oh, um, there's a block around the corner, which is around the corner from where they live now. Um, it's a great block. It's, we'll go halves. Sign here. <laughs> <laughs> 
at H&N Perry, that long-established real estate agent here, a great real estate agent in Mandarin. They were they were um, the agent for it, and I've still got I've still can see my signature on the um, the title. Um, and, so that uh, wasn't so subtle. My mum is a, my mum is a very determined lady. So <laughs> there I was. I signed up for a block, and within about a year and a half, the, there was a house on it, and I was out of there, preparing for them to retire into their house. Oh, <laughs> So you, did, you were doing theatre at that stage? Oh, yes. The Mandarin Little Theatre was a great... Uh, and look, this is the great thing I think about uh, the, this community is um, when I first moved to Mandarin, I always find this fascinating. I mean, I've represented it in Parliament for 20-plus years, uh, but when I came here, like lots of people, I knew no-one. Mm. Came here in 1988, uh, knew no-one, landed here, started to get involved in the Mandarin Little Theatre. A, a beautiful friend of mine who's since passed, Leslie Cousins, uh, snavelled me into some of her shows and the story started from there and uh, I was able to be embraced by the, the, the theatre family um, uh, which is a great uh, uh, you know, great um, organisation in, in town um, sadly the Mandrigal Theatre doesn't exist anymore sadly but there that are was, lots uh, of other where, where Spurs is wasn't it? Uh, near there? Spurs down there on the foreshore yeah. one of the best uh, I mean how we wish we'd stayed there because it was a uh, I went to a uh, few a shows there place. as a kid, and it was oh, yeah. it was so cool. Pantomime in yeah. uh, in in uh, December January, but look, um, what I think that it demonstrated though is that's the that's the lovely thing about Manger is whether it was back then or whether it's now. There's so many organisations, be they sporting, be they cultural, be they environmental, be they support services, which um, draw people to become involved, and that way it's an entree to participate, and I think that's wonderful. So you were a, uh, a school teacher for quite a few years? Came to, uh, uh, taught in Warnborough, then after three years I was very lucky to get a, uh, a transfer to North Mandra Primary, great part of, of, mm. of Mandra. The part that wasn't growing at the time, because North Mandra Primary was really sort of um, servicing Silver Sand, San Remo and that uh, sort of north northern bit before the bypass road. Meadow Springs hadn't even... Meadow Springs had just started to be built. And so all those northern suburbs through to Lakelands didn't exist mm. at that point in time. So, you know, that's how old I am. Um, but great community. Um, and uh, I was very fortunate. Um, supported and, and encouraged by lots of, uh, lots of uh, local families of kids that I taught. And that led me really to running for council in 1994 uh, and being successfully elected to council. I was elected for the North Ward. I was only just on that on this earth then. Well, there you are, you see. You, you were but a twinkle, <laughs> but a twinkle in your mother and father's eye. Uh, so you served quite a long time on council, seven years or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so from 1994 till my election to the parliament in 2001, I was great, and I came into council with some legends, people I believe who are legends mm. in this town as well. Uh, Paddy Creevy uh, was elected the same time as I would and I've known Paddy for a few years and uh, Keith Holmes, former mayor as well yeah. uh, great bloke um, mm. uh, wonderful integrity I've always had great respect for Keith uh, and I was fortunate enough to, to serve as deputy mayor to Keith in the last four years of my term at council um, but I was surrounded by some great staff at the city of Mandra um, Stephen Good was the chief executive, he was excellent uh, and that was a great, um, I had some great mentors around me because um, I was still relatively young, I might say. And um, 
So great mentors and um, people who of great integrity who were focused on assisting and working to make this place an even better place uh, for business to thrive, to for uh, families to, to, to grow safely. Um, and we went through a period in that in those 90s when the economy would, became very flat. Um, uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, our housing market had, d- 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 had, had sort of uh, uh, um, frozen in many respects. Um, and the council had to respond um, and make some important decisions that still mapped a way forward, even though we were having some tough economics mm. economic times. And that was when, uh, you know, delivery of some really important projects were, were seen. Uh, we had the uh, Performing Arts Centre and that whole boardwalk precinct developed uh, with the help of the state government at the time. Uh, we had the, um, the uh, um, establishment of our cinema um, and also we saw uh, um, uh, some rezoning processes that allowed for some of the accommodation that um, needed to be added to our accommodation or our suite of accommodation options and of course the Mandration Marina mm. was um, was developed under the stewardship of the mayor and uh, and uh, the uh, the council essentially working with state government so some very important investments that I think have borne fruit how does one uh, move from council to, into politics then is was it working with local governments on council that gave you an inspiration to move or run run for for Parliament? Look, I, I, I love people and I'm, I think one of the, the things that I've drawn from Mandra is if you demonstrate genuineness, and I think that's really important now, particularly even more importantly now that you, you demonstrate you're just a genuine person, mm. um, that you um, uh, are authentic uh, and you don't scare them, <laughs> um, then people will give you a go. And mm. I was very lucky during my council years. Uh, I still did my prancing around on stage and having a good time, but that's me. Mm. And, you know, I get criticised sometimes, you know, uh, by some that, uh, you know, you shouldn't do that now because you're uh, a member of parliament. Well, I'm sorry, it's always been me. And for me, that's how I uh, express myself. And I'll keep doing it because... But it's it's. It's a hobby for you, and it's of course you know it's so enjoyable. I know, and you know, theatre is. I would highly recommend anyone to get into to local theatre. It's fantastic, but the feeling you get's amazing. You know, it is, and and you know, I mean, I've been very lucky. I think you know, being in the, you know, having an interest in the arts over a long period of time has helped me hone my skills. I suppose in terms of presentation and 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 uh, mm. and, and communication, but um, don't you don't you know you. One of the things somebody said to me, and I always remember, and she's passed now, uh, a lovely lady who I met before I was elected in um, uh, to the parliament, um, um, uh, Elsa Rice. God bless her, she's passed now. But Elsa said to me before I was elected, um, she said, uh, I hope you don't change. Mm. Um, because we love you, and she was talking you know, broadly, but you know, we love you because you... You like a laugh. You've got a great sense of humour. You don't mind. Um, you, you, you don't mind being a bit self-deprecative, deprecating, deprecating. <laughs> um, and you're compassionate and kind. Hmm. And I don't. I'd. I would hope that twenty years hasn't eroded those qualities of mine because I think they're important human qualities. You know, I, I'm. I'm a very strong believer that we. You know, 
we, we need to be compassionate. Mm. We need to always be looking out for those that um, aren't as um, aren't doing so well who might need a bit of a hand. Because I think all of us, you know, and something Rita Saviotti said to me once, she said, you know, David, um, we're only, all of us are only one or two decisions or one or two circumstances away from being in the same situation. Mm. And I think it's true. It's true. So um, there's nothing wrong with being and showing some kindness and some compassion. And I hope that they, and, I, and so I, I, those words of Elsa <coughs> Rises always resonate. And so when I leave this job, in, whenever it is, um, uh, I hope that those, those, those attributes have prevailed. Uh, your, when you ran <coughs> for uh, Mandra, the seat of Mandra, you, you lost the first time, did you? Lost the first time in 1993, and uh, <coughs> it was the best thing ever happened. Right. Never be afraid to learn from your losses, and uh, it was the first, uh, you know, I, I stood in 1993, the pendulum in politics was swinging very strongly to the other side, if you like, mm -hmm. just as it did in March this year. It's gone, yeah. Um, and so timing-wise, back then, um, wasn't the best time, but it was important because it, it, I worked very hard in that campaign and had met a lot of people at the door. A lot of them weren't happy. Mm. <laughs> and a lot of them weren't happy that, you know, with the party that I was attached to at the time. The learning from that was, um, what have I learnt? What are the things that I do differently? And uh, I don't want to lose another one. And I've been very lucky. I've done three, elect three council elections and six state elections um, and haven't, uh, haven't lost one of those so, uh, since. So, uh, and, and the other thing is do something. Mm. You know, and that's why I admire you putting your hand up. Um, do something. You know, um, there's a lot of people there who will say uh, what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with the place and what's wrong with things. But they don't do anything about it. Mm. They don't do something. They don't get involved in a group that helps to work to improve things or assist things. Uh, and so people who put their hand up, uh, and hopefully for just the right reasons, uh, who do something, uh, they should be uh, encouraged. Um, and if it doesn't work out, um, learn from it <coughs> and, and focus. Uh, but, you know, let's keep rewarding people for having a go and doing things. And also to add to that, you've got people that always have something to say, but especially with local elections, they don't actually go and vote because mm. it's not compulsory. Mm. So you've got people saying, well, we want this, we want that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, but then they're not even registered to vote or, that, or they just don't bother voting, and that's why it's so important that you do anyone out there, make sure you're registered for the, this year's elections. Whether well, you vote they, for me or whoever, it doesn't... And they haven't got long to do that, so they need to make sure they're on the roll. Look, you know, uh, I, my view is always if, uh, if you do want to have a whinge, uh, then, uh, then vote mm. to have that right. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, let's... Uh, and also, let's look at solutions. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always solution-driven. You know, what is the solution? You know, we know we've got issues that we want to deal with and need to deal with. And what are the solutions that actually? Because um, uh, we know through human ingenuity that you, when you when you harness and and uh, uh, um, uh, draw together uh, for a common and positive cause, magical things can happen. Australians are very good at doing that. Hmm. Um, likewise, it's very easy to go and you know cobble together a, a, a collection of people who have got a. Uh, 
certain substances on their liver um, to, uh, you know, to find out what's wrong with all the world and blame and blame and point at, you know, who's to blame. At the end of the day, that does, that, that's a lot of energy that goes to waste. Mm. Uh, you are a family man. You've got four kids. Mm. You have a very important role. Uh, but how do you balance all of that? By having a partner that is understanding and I think a little bit separate from politics, which I think mm. is really important. Uh, my wife is not a political person. She's not, um, she doesn't, she has little interest in the party. She has little interest in <laughs> politics. She's an observer of Which must of be a great happens. thing because you don't have a continued conversation at home all no. the time, do you? She's a great um, sounding board though. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I very much respect and, and listen to her point of view. Um, and she's also a reassurance. I mean, I, you know, in this job you get knocked a few times and, you know, there's negativity that you get. Some journalists sort of target you consistently <laughs> and persistently. Um, and, uh, and, I, and that worries me sometimes. It does get to you out sometimes because you worry about what your kids think about you when they see it. My kids have seen some of the stuff that uh, certain gen- journalists have written about me. And they, well, not only that, that they, might, they might run a story, but they always don't necessarily tell the full story no and you know their 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 job is to sell a newspaper yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you know uh, that's not always conducive to the story to, to to the the, the story but look uh, so in answer you know, in answer your question uh, donna's remarkable um my children are tremendously supportive um and so in terms of work-life balance what i try and do is is uh, section off parts of the year parts of the month, parts mm. of the week. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't always work out that way. Try and involve them in some of the activities. I mean, my son, my oldest son loves photography. I know, and he's a great photographer And he's, lo- he's loving it. And so what I do is, you know, sometimes if I'm off to the museum or I'm off to yeah. uh, an event, I'll quite often take him, take him with me as my mm. personal photographer. Yeah. Um, which is great for him. He gets to meet people and he loves going up to he sees professional photographers there and well it probably costs a bit less too we'll a bit of pocket money you know <laughs> <laughs> but he also goes up there and has a great chat you know yeah. it, jack my my jack is not uh, backward at coming forward and having a yarn to you know some very talented uh, photographers he'll ask them about their camera and he'll ask them for tips and next minute i find out he's on their uh, twitter or whatever it is email <laughs> and, and he uh, seeks questions about certain things and they respond which is tremendous so i try and incorporate that if i can um, and the other thing is, look, um, uh, you've got to be able to close the gate and close the world out every now and then too. Sure. And uh, I try and find those moments. Mm. Speaking of moments, you have a, a, a very uh, viral moment at the end of every year where mm. you uh, uh, put a positive spin on the end of Parliament for the mm. sitting for, for the year. Uh, and you bring so much joy. Can you give me any uh, hot and juicy... Uh, Gossip as to what this year's going to entail, well, or have the has has the has the speaker stopped you? <laughs> no, the speaker has not uh, been able to stop me. Look, can I? This is an actually very interesting thing because uh, I am also leader of the house. Now, the leader of the house means essentially that you you uh, direct and manage how the operations of the chamber and when legislation comes on, who's speaking, and all those sorts of things. But one of the uh, sort of more onerous and you know, I think quite boring tasks. At the end of the year, every year, there's a there's an adjournment motion, which basically is the opportunity to say thank you to parliamentary staff, to 
uh, Hansard, all of those sorts of people, you know, and, and it's usually a reading of a long list of names who are wonderful, beautiful people. Mm. But it's quite boring. <laughs> and so when I did it the first year, I and, and as I say, this was spontaneous. When I did it the first year, I, I was coming to the end of it and I just suddenly, something just said to me, oh, this is a bit boring, why don't we just, why don't you just, and I've always loved the Monty Python, I've loved Monty Python more broadly, but I've always loved the Monty Python song, it's called the Universe Song, yeah. which talks about uh, human beings, how we, you know, we are very much, this, this earth we live on is very much just a little small dot in the, in the wonderment of um, the universe and all those things. It's a great little song. So I just said, and before I finish, Mr. Speaker, I'm going to sing. Now, no one knew it was happening because I didn't even really plan it. It just came and then I just did it. And that sort of went viral the first year. But then it sort of set up this sort of, um, this, uh, you know, this expectation you'd do it the second year. The second year I did, which I think was one of my best. Last year was, I think, probably the best, but for different reasons. But the second year, which was 2018, was probably the best one because I used... Um, and what the aim of it is to capture the spirit of what's gone on sure. in the year. So the second year I did um, to the, to the um, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, um, hello, speaker, my old friend, that, uh, that one... And I sort of captured the, some that was, of the things. That, it was my favourite, that one. That was the one that went particularly viral. Mm. In fact, that was the one that I started getting emails from all around the world. Really? Oh, yes. This thing went over two million views around the world. Um, I was, I mean, the Premier, remember the Premier texted me saying, how come, you know, you got two million, do you realise how many hits you got? I said, yes, much more than yours. The Premier did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Then, um, so the, I, I always getting letters and, uh, or not letters, but emails from uh, India, from uh, Abu Dhabi, South Africa, um, just the, the, the Jarling Chronicle in oh. Mumbai. Uh, Was it a congratulation oh, yeah. thing? Or? Well, what they, what they saw it as um, was... Uh, you know, I suppose people have views of members of parliament that they're sort of these crusty, sort of you know, serious people. Now, you do have to be serious because you've got a seriously important job. But quite honestly, one of the downfalls, I think, of why, why politicians and members of parliament are not so revered is that we don't, we see, what we or the broader community sees more is usually when we're fighting each other and yelling at each other and slagging off each other and, you know, and I just thought, at the end of the year, it's Christmas time, or it's you know a time of you know when families are thinking about what's you know mm. coming, and and a little bit of humour is important, and so that's why. And and so last year, the following year, I did uh, Monty Python's um, Always Look on the Bright Side of Parliament, I think it was. Yeah. And then last year, because COVID had mm. uh, impacted so many of us since our population and our and our and the world. Um, I, I wanted to do something that sort of was reflective of the moment in time that COVID had delivered to us in 2020. So last year's was to um, Hallelujah. And that went off like mm. a, you know, went off, you know, it was unbelievable. Again, massive response and national and international sort of responses. And so now, of course, the pressure's on. And everyone asked me that question, what song? You see, the interesting thing is you I write know. the song... 
the night before. Yeah, right. During the year, I'll go, oh, that could, yeah, that could work. Yeah. But then I sort of park that in the back. But we of don't know where we're going to be yet. No. And, no. and that will reflect that. I'm hopeful this year is going to be more, uh, you know, a joyful opportunity because <laughs> we're going to be hopefully coming out of this this um, this pattern of, you know, uh, of, of COVID response and COVID sort of, you know, jockeying to how we respond. So, But look, uh, so the song, so what I normally do is on the Wednesday, because it's always on a Thursday afternoon, the last day of Parliament, Thursday afternoon, usually around 4, 4.30. What I normally do is on the Wednesday night, I'll have a couple of th- ideas. I'll have a glass of wine at home and I'll sit for about two hours <laughs> scribbling, going, okay, will this work? Will that work? I never, I don't, um, I never, um, and have never up to this point, um, ever passed it, passed anybody. Never what? Sorry, passed it. You know, you said, "Oh, what do you think of this?" I've got, a, got approval. Never, never done that. Donna, my That's wife. That's probably not a good thing to do. I think you just do it. That's <laughs> right. Donna, my wife, who of course she's one of my fiercest, but fiercest critics, Rich, but strongest yeah. supporters. Uh, she she said, "Don't do it the second year." Really? Yep. She said, "You did it. Did it, did it once. Don't do it anymore." Um, and even last, and of course, then wanted to know what I was going to do. I didn't tell her. And even last year, she said, "You're not doing a song this year, are you?" And I said, oh, "I don't know." Oh, I don't Doesn't know. that make you want to do it more, though? Sometimes. <laughs> and then after last year's, she was quite, um, she was quite um, approving. She said, "Okay, that was quite good." Um, and and of course, this year, which I thought last week, Xanthi Turner. Who was the uh, who was the Greens candidate against me in March? Xanthi was the youth ambassador. I don't know whether mm, you saw that. I saw it. Yeah. And she said to me, I met with her about two weeks before um, youth parliament, and she said, "Do you mind? I've got to do a speech, but do you mind because of you know what you've done in terms of the song stuff? If I sing my speech, and I said, I reckon that's a great idea. Oh yeah, yeah. What a brilliant idea. Yeah." And she did. Yeah. And I think, well, if I've done anything, you know, forget bringing the railway line to Mandra, forget these and forget that, all you get known for is <laughs> singing us all our curves and roundabouts, well, you know. You know, no achievements at all. Which just all, all of that ties into uh, the Cheap and Dodgy show. Oh, great show. Uh, I've been lucky enough, I think, to do it with you and invited. <laughs> am, am I lucky? Yes. Do I have a ball? Yes. Do I know what's going to happen? No. With you, anything could happen, and that's what we love about it. And and um, a lot of people would say, oh, you know, oh, David's possibly doing it for his campaign or whatever he's doing. The amount of time and effort that goes into that and the thought process, I mean, that you and Carol meet... Who is who runs Prevent Honor Productions? You meet quite ahead in advance, don't you? To start planning that show, yeah. that gets sold out every year. Yeah. Look, Carol does most of the work. <laughs> she does. No, no, she does. She's she's amazing. We haven't actually even met for this year's yet. We'll meet in the next week, few weeks, and we'll come up with a theme, and then we'll plot, you know, broadly what we want to deliver. And Carol will go away. We'll go away and weave her magic. Mm. She'll pull. We'll we'll talk about who we want in it or who we think will you know. Uh, she's a magical place, and this is the great thing about people like Carol Jew and others is, um, you know, their passion for their art form and their for their craft is so so um, powerful, and their legacy is uh, tremendous because they not only create opportunities for people of all ages, 
but they actually still help us reflect on where we are and who we are. And, you know, that's what the, the, the aim of the Cheap and Dodgy show is to effectively raise money to uh, assist young people yeah. in WAPA. And we've, mm. we've done six last year. I think there's about six or seven this year. Uh, so the money that people pay to go to the show, that goes to young people from this region who are um, uh, on a career path in the mm. arts. I think that's tremendous. Um, but it also gives me a chance to put my fake uh, teeth in <laughs> and uh, have it, do a few songs and weave together a bit of a story on the stage. But it also gives an opportunity some, for some great friends, people like yourself and others, who just, you know, the theatre and, and, and performing is just this wonderful way of saying, you know, we're alive. And one of the things we try and do with that show is for two hours we allow people to park all of their problems mm. and the things that they might be going through at the door, have a good belly laugh hopefully, hear some beautiful singing from some beautiful people, see a few skits that are a bit corny and politically incorrect quite often and come away saying... For 20 bucks, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we achieve that every year, which we have for the last 11 years, then I think we've done something good. Yeah. We've done something, and I think it's good. And, you know, the number of people who I know who, you know, I get letters and little things back afterwards, and I see people during those performances who I know are battling depression or battling cancer or battling real, real challenges in their life or, or loved ones in their life and I see them smile and I see them uh, embrace the fact that they're on this earth and they're, 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 they're there enjoying something and if that, if that pleases 99% of them, great. And if there's a couple of them, and we get a few letters sometimes about the content of the show. Well, we also have learned a lot. Uh, we, the last one we did, we learned that we need to probably have a vegan option for the meat raffle. Well, <laughs> very true. You know, we did. We, we're we, still we, growing. We as do. <laughs> we have the old famous traditional Australian meat raffle as Out part of, of everyone it. everyone in the audience. We pick a vegan. <laughs> well, you picked the vegan, didn't you? I think so. You I went down and picked the vegan. But yes, that was a bit, yes, so we, you know, we do have to be uh, inclusive <laughs> and we are. But uh, look, great fun. Cheap and dodgy by name and by nature. Uh, we, we, no one could accuse us if they don't like the show of not telling them through the name of the show and through the program. How can you be disappointed? Exactly. Well, we ask people to, um, you know, book to avoid... Um, <laughs> to avoid... To avoid... Enjoyment? Um, no, not enjoyment, but... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, well, but there's a catch cry there. I can't remember what it is. Now, yeah. But, um, you know, book now to con confirm your disappointment. Oh, that's right. To confirm your disappointment. So, you know, we ain't... We ain't we ain't no shysters. We're telling it as it is. As it is. And us as performers, you know what? It's one of the best. I've done theatre as well for quite a few years, but it is the best show. I, I think it's it's the most fun for us as a cast to do. We're always laughing. Uh, Carol has to rein us in a lot of the time, you know, uh, but we pull it together. Sometimes I don't know how, but we do. Uh, and But that's the nature and the beauty you spoke earlier right. about, the magic of theatre. I mean, the... There is there is no other experience uh, for anyone, no matter whether they play a small role or whether they play a, a major or lead role. That that magical feeling before you go on is something that is 
almost indescribable. I haven't been able to describe it. People sort of sometimes ask, do you ever get nervous? See, I'm not a person who gets nervous in going onto the stage, but I'm a person who... Uh, one of the things that I think is, um, is really important is uh, uh, having a sense of audience. I mean, I've seen... In, in politics, I've seen people go and, you know, they've got a 10-minute speech and you sense the audience, they don't need a 10-minute speech. Mm. It, if it's purposeful, it's fine, but I've been to some openings, you know, for example, and you know, there's been five speakers. And, you know, the last thing people by the end of the fourth is they want the fifth one to give them a... Um, um, so my greatest speech ever... Well, not my greatest speech, but one of the fun, funniest ones was... I was asked as if newly elected Minister for Culture and the Arts to go to the bailing up medieval fair. The Shire President had seen me at some event and said, oh, would you be able to open oh, You could open it. And I said, when is it? He said, next week. <laughs> I said, right, I'm there. So I went down, but of course I wore, I arrived in my, um, one of the costumes I'd went, worn in a cheap and dodgy show, which yeah. was a medieval costume, which had a very interesting codpiece and pantaloons and a hat with a foot, you know, purple. It was magnificent. My wife couldn't believe that I was getting changed into it in the main street before I waltzed in. The kids... But you probably just come from a very important well, meeting of some sort. <laughs> My kids walked walked about 20 paces behind because they were so embarrassed. So I walk in there and the chap says, oh, well, we will do the opening now, you know. How long's your speech? I said, 30 seconds. He said, oh, great. So I got up on stage and I went, hear ye, hear ye, good citizens of bailing up and others... Welcome to the medieval carnival, which I now declare open. Thank you. And walked off stage. See, that's a good short speech. It was very good. And it was very well appreciated. <laughs> oh, my God. So cheap and dodgy. Uh, it's an... Well, see, you see, and everyone looks... There's a lot of people who look forward to it. We've got so a very, many. We've got a very, very loyal audience. Um, the front row kind of never changes. No. I mean, it will start age. to because it keeps going on and on and on. They just age. They just age. <laughs> they age. And, and, that, leads me to, and that leads me to uh, Prima Donna Productions, which is, you know, people come to that show, there's so many different shades, but they love seeing the kids. Um, and it's a great gateway for them to get into theatre is, is uh, Prima Donna, isn't it? Uh I admire what Carol Jew does. I admire what anyone in community theatre does with mm. regard to engaging young people. One of the things we've got to realise is that not every kid, not every young person is into sport or into other, other things. Um, so you do need to um, have a suite of opportunity. What theatre does for me or what theatre I think does for lots of kids is, uh, and young people is um, develop that discipline of, of, of working together um, and obviously the communication and all those sorts of things, but it, it, it's actually just beautiful to see hmm. people on stage, young people on stage, kids on stage. I, one of the things as Minister for Culture and Arts that I think, um, and I've asked the department or talked to the department about this is, you know, throughout Western Australia, there are some tremendous community theatre entities. Some of them long histories. Murray Music and Drama, for example, has a oh. history of over... I think they celebrated 50 years half, yeah. a couple of years ago. Now, 
we can't underestimate the impact that those sort that, that activity, the fact that we've had a whether it's in Murray Music and Drama, whether it's the Mandrill Theatre in the past, or whether it's um, uh, you know um, uh, Karen Francis's work that she does with the uh, Stray Cats, Cats yeah. whatever it is, those entities are so important to the the story of who we are, and they give opportunities to people both to participate and to be be audience, and that's beautiful. Mm. That's positive. And why wouldn't we encourage that and acknowledge it? So I've asked the department that we, I want to sort of look at how we more broadly recognise just what those community theatre entities do. And we've talked about it. Um, the reason why I started theatre was because uh, I was learning about myself and wasn't yeah. sure, you know, what my journey was with my sexuality at the time. And it's such a safe and inclusive space, Absolutely. isn't it? And it has been for so many years, and it needs to stay that way. <laughs> well, the stage and theatre have been uh, have been refuges in many respects over mm. over hundreds of years mm. for those people who uh, traditionally have been uh, uh, ostracised, targeted, uh, and uh, demonised. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we've got to be very conscious, in my view. Uh, that um, uh, we want, we, you know, expression of, and uh, uh, artistic expression is very, very important. Speaking on uh, that, COVID has been detrimental to so many, everyone, to be really honest, hasn't it? Some have, some have done well out of it and a lot of haven't. Um, what's been the most challenging thing for you to see as in Mandra and surrounding areas through this time? I think one of the, the, the challenges, and it doesn't matter whether you're a business, um, that you know you're you you are seeking to make a living and and, mm. and 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 develop and grow a business, or whether it's uh, um, a person who's employed, uh, or whether it's a, a, a grandmother or a grandfather who has grandchildren um, that they want to see prosper and and and, and grow. I think everyone's, uh, what COVID has done to us is we're all in this and even though some might be doing better because their business was, you know, well placed because they're delivering, you know, they're, they're a supermarket or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or, you know, they're a public servant who have been, people who are public servants have essentially been, um, uh, have been able to continue on. They keep getting paid every week, you know, I'm yeah. very conscious of that. I think for everyone it's the uh, the uncertainty and and this is where hope comes from, my, in my view, hope is so important. We've got to be able to map out a pathway that also delivers to uh, hope that we, that we, will, be, we will get out of this. Mm. Life might be a little bit different, the world might be a little bit different, but fundamentally those things, those things about humanity and, and, and compassion and all those things, and caring and looking out for each other when things impact I hope that's a learning from, from this experience. But there's no doubt that there's been some people who've had their businesses decimated, their livelihoods decimated. Um, the, uh, um, and it comes back to, as I said um, earlier in this podcast, uh, you know, we are one or two, we're only one or two decisions, mm-hmm. circumstances away from being in that same position. And I think that's where I think people's appreciation of... and. You know, over the last 18 months, a lot of people have reassessed what their own personal priorities are for their families. Um, and 
but I'm an eternal optimist. I, I, I think in, for, for the sake of children and our young people, I'm an eternal optimist um, uh, because I think to not be um, uh, lets down those young, one, young people too. Uh, and just finally, uh, how can we, going back to, uh, let's talk about the local theatre and arts industry well, across the state as well. These people are, uh, either they're being paid or they've, a lot of them are volunteers, they're in community theatre and stuff, and then a lockdown will hit or restrictions have to be put in place for, for health reasons and whatnot. Um, how can we ne- right now support the theatre space? I know there's a campaign that's been launched to encourage people to go back and watch shows and support yep. them. Yep, and they're coming back. Yeah. It's so important to go and support anything, really, any local business, whether it be that. But you've got to also remember these... I, I've seen it locally with when when, we, when these restrictions get put in place and the capacity limits yeah. decimate as well, these people have given up their time, their, you know, volunteered their time, and then they're so excited to deliver a show. And then uh, they have to do it to 30% audience. You know, so... Go and support anything where you can at the moment, right? Yeah, and, and, and one of the fears that we had uh, earlier on was that um, even when things did start opening up, would people come back? Uh, West Australians have proved they not only would come back, they want to come back in, in even greater numbers. The challenge has been when, you know, whether it's 75% cap, capped occupancy or less, um, that... Uh, um, um, that's had some impacts but now I mean I was at a you know, state theatre on the other night mm. full capacity the only place in Australia um, where 100% capacity was possible and people were out in there and now that was a truth telling uh, play about called York very strong indigenous uh, history and, and uh, truth telling in that play um, West Australian conceived West Australian story so the message for everybody is, you know, whether it's live music, whether it's uh, uh, hospitality venues that are supporting, you know, cultural um, mm. entities with live music, or whether it's your, your local community theatre group, or whether it's a stage show that's coming through town, or uh, it's a, a big, you know, a, a musical event, a symphony event at the concert hall, um, support them because you're supporting the livelihoods of those people who are employed or, or uh, directly employed. Our festivals and events are very important because there's a lot of people employed in, in, in the back part of um, festivals and events, you know, the stage crews, the, the people who supply the, um, the marquees, all of those sorts of things. You know, as soon as an event's closed down because of COVID, they all don't get paid. Mm. And those are all related to businesses. So uh, we're, we're gonna move into a spring session, a, a spring season uh, in a month or so away. Um, and there'll be more festivals, more more events outdoors. Get out there, enjoy it, because there's lots of people around the world who don't and can't. Gail, a good friend of mine, and you know Gail, um, that owns Stage Door, yeah. she was saying to me yesterday, actually, a lot of people don't understand the ripple effects that happen. So, like, the S- it, although we're not in lockdown, SA did, and there was three shows that were coming to the Performing Arts Centre that had to cancel. Yeah. And they're sold-out shows. They were coming for dinner. They were having drinks. That's how Gail was That's, getting by. And, and yeah. you know, she's she's suffering again now because of stuff that's not even happening in WA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah so the impact of, yeah, I mean, and, and we know that in tourism, uh, if the border goes up because of COVID in another state, 
Um, those people that are booked, um, they would have been spending money in Gail's restaurant or, or if they were coming down to Mandurah to have a look at Mandurah or staying at the accommodation place. Those, that, those yeah. bookings are cancelled. Yeah. And uh, suddenly, when Gail was expecting, you know, a full house on that night because the theatre show was on, that ain't going to happen. No. And so Gail and others are impacted immediately. And, of course, so are her employees that she's, mm -hmm. a, as a local business, uh, are trying to keep um, employed. So the message is get out there while we can, take the opportunities when they exist, uh, and get vaccinated. Uh, you know, I unashamedly say that because one of the things we do know is um, it's one of our only... Um, at this point in time, one of our only mechanisms is to get the level of vaccination up so that the opportunities to do more things that don't include lockdowns can occur. But if we only, if we're reluctant to do that, uh, then uh, that impacts on people's livelihoods. And, and, you know, our nature of our businesses, whether it's in tourism, culture and the arts or uh, entertainment, hospitality, is all focused, is, is all dependent upon people being able to move freely and gather freely, gather in numbers. Uh, and if we haven't got a threshold of, um, of vaccination... So I, I, I've asked the arts community through the chamber to pull together a, um, a, um, uh, a campaign With the that just reminds system. people, mm. just reminds people that by you coming to support our show and by being vaccinated helps to in, in, improve the, op, the, the likelihood that we'll be able to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, because what they're doing is so important to the, the, the psyche of who we are as human beings. Sure. I know you're busy and I know you have to go, so thank you so much for joining me. Stephen, good luck. Thank you. I think you would be a magnificent counsellor, so good luck. Thank you so much and I will talk to you soon. Excellent. Good to join you. <laughs> Many thanks to Minister and Member for Mandra, David Templeman, for joining me on the podcast. I am running for Town Ward in the upcoming City of Mandra Council elections, and I'd love your support. You can stay up to date with my campaign through socials or head to carlaforcouncil.com.au.